Hello, hello, everybody. Kim Machaya here, or Yaya, I'm known. Mainly by Kim, but you can call me Mickey, or you can call me Yaya. Doesn't matter. Well, I'm your local rabbi minister here in Lawrence County. Welcome. Uh, welcome to Sacred Elohim Diamond Light and Pearl Ministries. This is in the second section of me talking about what happened over Yom Kippur. So... I welcome all my U.S. contributors, and then I also welcome all my foreign contributors as well. Um, I'm not going to go over the list tonight. Um, I'm going to do another hour session and explain what led up to the point that the Father was teaching me. So, this has been a very eventful evening and day. Um... As I said, yesterday evening started Yom Kippur. We had 24 hours from sunset to sunset of fasting. And I said that I had, I've seen a lot of signs the last few days. Reality hit me. Nearly two years ago, the Father put on my heart something he wanted me to do. I certainly didn't know how to approach it. He said, for 2,000 years, my children have been separated. My babies that I love have been separated. And I sit there and I listen to what he put on my heart. Now, at the time, I was going through a transition myself with him, learning about him, going through certain events in my life. <laughs> quite, uh, quite a road trip for the first year. And I went to this church in Huntington, and things progressed there. And then I attended the church here that went out that moved to South Point, um, and then Impact. I've been to a total of 20, anywhere from 15 to maybe 20 different churches, maybe 27, just in the local area. And each one of them, the same thing. I felt sterile, didn't feel welcome. But this night left an impact. As I said, about an hour and a half into my walk, he hit me again. I mean, he literally grabbed the muscle of my thigh and twisted it just like you have a Charlie horse. And I normally don't Charlie horse in my legs. <laughs> These last couple of days, I, I've come to realize when the father wants something, he will get a hold of you somehow. Well, he come back to me, as I said before. He says, you know I'm here. I mean, he spoke, literally. No, he doesn't speak like you or I the same way. I can't explain other than his speaking is in my mind. I hear it. It's not a physical speaking. And he speaks many different ways. He'll use the environment around you. He'll use other people. He'll use music. He'll speak audibly. To me, he speaks a semi-audibly. Sometimes he'll show me something. I pick it up and then he will speak. I was this way as a child, and I'm still that way now. Other times he will give me a dream, 
or show me a vision physically in front of me. It's been a while since I've seen a physical vision, a, a physical vision since the trade centers. But he makes himself very known. Um, this last two days has been very eye-opening. Saturday, I attended a, a function with the church. That evening, I went to the return, and I seen a sign I haven't seen since the beginning. And let me explain something. During King David's time, and this is my ancestor, Israel was primarily Jews and Gentiles. Not too many people know this because some of that history has been lost. But to truly understand the Bible, you've got to understand Israel is, was like our nation but smaller. It was a kingdom principality. You had two different kingdoms. You had the ten northern tribes and then you had Judah. And King David was out of Judah. Or Ye Yehudi as they call it. Which is my ancestor. My Bible's a leg the, the Bible is my legacy. And I speak lightly, but it bears significance. Now you understand. My mother was protected. She was put in a loving home because her parents, her mother, and her Gentile father were drunks. My mother's mother was a drunk. She was Hebrew, along with other things in her. And she came out of the line of David. But in that line, there's also Levi. So I go by Levi and Judah. I had two signs up in my face. <laughs> that something right happened. The night of the return, I seen for the first time a Levitical Levi and a Gentile together in 2,000 plus years since the separation of the kingdoms. I seen two sides I love praying over one another the Messianic community and the Gentile community. That was a first sign. The two graphs becoming one. I don't think people realize what took place. And a lot of pastors weren't watching what I was watching. But I've seen it. I've seen repentance for the first time in our nation. The blowing of the shofars that haven't been blown. Anywhere else but Israel. They were denied on the Temple Mount. But they were blown here. In Washington. Trump recognized it. And then that Sunday. Was very sober for me. I went ahead about my normal things that they give me to do. I went ahead. Went in early. I put up the flag which David does honor praying for Israel. He goes in private. Um, and I will pray. I usually go out and I pray for my people.
Sorry. I get emotional sometimes when I see things fulfill themselves. And I was very sober about the whole process. And he did was talked about the atonement. The one thing that was a sign, and I don't think everybody else realizes what happened. I've talked for months about Judeo-Christianism or Christianity. And he mentioned that going back to the roots of the founding of the church and learning to understand going back to the Old Testament. And he quoted a scripture the Father quoted to me. And the quote, Camilla Deuteronomy. And the Lord quoted as a sign unto his people that when the Messiah come, and the Messiah fulfilled all rights, the fulfillment of the Messiah's covenant with his people was he would write the Torah on their hearts and on their minds. That was what he come to fulfill. I don't think he realized what he was talking about. His own sister sitting there, just sitting there and listened. I knew. Papa said it would happen many times. And it dawned on me, but I didn't think about the whole context. There was something he told me. I am to learn from them, and they are learning from me. I've had a lot of nuances thrown up at me the last few weeks. And it's been very hard. I know now they, they listen in and they watch my videos. <sighs> They're learning from me. <sighs> they even listen to this podcast. So I know, David, you're listening and you're at home tonight. I've had nearly 10 hours of literally not sleeping. <laughs> but going back to the subject at hand. I'll put this over here. That's important. I can't talk about it right now. What's going on. Um, and we'll be forthcoming. I'm seeing signs that the Father has spoke of fulfilling themselves. And I'm heading on to a direct path that even I can't stop. We are one in the Father as the Father is in us. I have quoted that time and time again. Ehad, Yehad. Yechad means oneness. Echad means the Father. We are in unison. Unity. One unity is what he wants. 
I prayed about how in the world you put something on my heart that you've wanted for 2,000 years, and they will not listen. He proved to me they will listen, but he has to convict them first. I stand out with my kippah and my sleep with the tefna on it. There's a reason why I wear it. Typically in Jewish society, very few women get to wear a tallit. It's mostly the men that wear it. The woman has to have a very special prominence to do so, and she has to prove herself worthy of wearing it. We are all called meha in Hebrew. Meha is a woman teacher. There's very few of us. We are accepted. I'm a meha. I am right now working on the very things that will make me in the higher inner court circle that makes me the one that caters to the priest, high priest, or the high godado, or the kohin godado. It's hard. It's not easy. And I take it with a grain of salt and I don't throw it about. It's not very easy. And they question me as to why I go this route. It is my destiny. It is what the Father has put on me to do. It's His will and not mine. Just as David Amos is a bishop, a very high bishop, I'm just below the high godado. I bring his food to him. I cater to his needs. I help him dress. If the high godado gets sick, I get, you know, so forth and so on. It's a very high provenance. It's just like catering to a king. And my family were kings. That's how it is, and that's how it stands. King David was more than a king. He was more than a just a figurehead. My family was intertwined with Zadok, or Zadeki. I am a daughter of Zion, or Tetzion. Now, I have an older aunt that has a daughter, but she she's walked away from uh, Hebrew etiquettes and Judaism believing she has a different prominence. I went back to the roots to learn, and I'm letting the Father teach me. But I'm seeing as I learn, others are learning from me. And last night was an eye-opener. Said about an hour and 20 minutes to an hour and a half in walking. The father did certain things, and we'll talk about that in more detail. I was just giving you a lead up to the remaining. So we'll cut here and take a 15 and just clear my mind, and we will talk about what happened.
Now, I took my tan and we're back. We lead up to this point. I feel three signs of heat on my thigh on the upper side. And then it ceases. I still have this warm feeling on my leg like there's something there. But, you know, it. And I decided I was going to walk up to the college and get some drinks. Instead, I decided to go 30 minutes further down the road and get it there. And as I got there, I took this overwhelming pain in my upper hip like something was pinching me. And then normal as the father is, he comes on me. I feel his presence, in other words. It's, it's like, how do I describe it? An overwhelming peace, which is quite normal for me when he's around me. And he's all speak to me. And he says, you know I'm with you now. And I go, yeah, I know you're here. He grabs my thigh. He says, what do you think that is? And I stop. I can't move my leg. I, I just stand there. I says, well, my leg just stopped making me walk. He says, it's my hand on your thigh. Now, this is not a sexual connotation at all. It's just him letting me know. He says, I'm with you now. Stop doubting that I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to, as long as you stay with me and I stay with you, I'm always with you. You've been doubting yourself. And I says, are you teaching me something here? <laughs> and the first words that come out, he says, yes. Trust yourself. Trust your notions that I'm here. Okay. That was my first encounter with him in a side that typically my intimacy with him has been a prayer life. And then when I worship and pray with him, then he, you know, speaks. Most of the time I talk to him and then he'll give me an answer. Um, and I hear it audibly in my mind. It's not like me talking to you here. Um, if I have a question, he'll answer it, you know. But this was the first time I had an intimate contact, a, a physical manifestation on my body happen. And he grabbed it again. It wasn't painful in any way, but it was like an intense pressure. Okay, so I says, well, you're here. I know you're here, Papa. He says, no, I'm physically here with you. I says, well, where? I mean, I don't see you. He says, you don't always have to see me, even though I want to see you personally in time. He says, right now, I'm showing you I'm physically manifested here beside you. Oh, says, what made you want to do this? He says, I was showing you a sign that you pleased me. Okay, so what did I do? He says, you heard more than three signs in this two-day period of atonement. He says, you're doing what I want. Well, I says, I'm only following what you told me in the writings to do. You told me to pray and worship and pray and worship. That was what you wanted me to do. 
for the last couple of weeks, I've every Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday evening, I'll, you know, pray. But this was the first evening that I was, my mind was so stirred up about with everything going on. I was so emotional that he says, I want you to know that you please me. He says, I come here personally to show my pleasure as king. But I says, You're, this is a physical realm. He says, I'm doing it with a spiritual intention to show you that I'm present with you. He says, I plan at some point to reveal myself to you in a private matter. Okay. So we talked, and I learned that he doesn't have to be physically here, but he can train you in ways you don't expect. He says, this is how it's going to be. When I need you for something, you are to come. He says, I will give you an intense pressure on your leg. Okay, so now I've got something new to learn through. He says, did you not see what took place? I says, I seen Papa. I seen for nearly 4,000 years, Jew and Gentile praying for one another and blessing one another. He says, that, yes, but in impact. David, the proof. Well, he was talking about you know, atonement and you atone, the son atoning for the, you know, whatever. He says, it's not whatever. They are learning from you as you are learning from them. And then it hit me. He was talking about Sunday morning before the day of atonement, what happened. And the quote of he would write his Torah, or the law, on our hearts and minds. And we would honor him and love him by that. And I just stopped right there. And I just closed my eyes. Papa. was all I could say. Papa. Nobody else realized what happened that day but me. And I, he says, now I'm going to let you go. You relax with your mind clear, and on your way back, we will talk, get you something to eat, but I forbid you to go online this evening and tomorrow until around sundown. So around 6 o'clock I went on my walk, and then 6.30 sundown here. And I got online with my sisters to read The Bait of Satan. And that was our last teaching um, on that. I will continue reading the book. But that entire time, he and I conversed and talked. And I learned a lot of things that he wanted me to learn to understand. And then I asked him, what pleased you? I, I don't get it. He says, because you let go. He says, healing can't begin in any one soul until those things that 
give you guilt is let go. And he said, the only way I could get you to let go was to write. He says, I used David to do that. He says, well, I understand that. And then the analogy of the blood covering those things and being forgiven. And he says, you let go. Sunday morning before, uh, before atonement. He says, I was letting you know you pleased me and that I was with you. He says, now stop doubting what you know. I have never left you, nor will I forsake you. You abide in me as I abide in you. He quoted a scripture, which I had read earlier about abiding. But the thing it got to me was, in that point, he was making a point. Prior to David talking, he hit me in church, and I was trying to calm, quirm the father. I didn't expect it. He come on me. And David seen it walking by. And I went outside. And I asked the father then. And I could sense distress. And I prayed. Come to find out this morning. I found out his grandmother's having some issues. And he's worried. Should be fine. But last night was very eventful. There's been sign after sign after sign to me in my heart. He said they would be signs leading up to certain things taking place. And I received another sign today. Dated September the 24th of 2020. It confirms everything he's saying. I'm not scared. My husband's seen it. And my mother's seen it. And the father told me not to discuss it until we get to the second half of this. Because when I read this and explain what's going on, it's going to be shocking. But I will say this. The impact is vast. And he's got two more letters he's going to have me write. And for those that doubt anyone saying that prophecy can't fulfill itself, don't doubt it because it's going to happen. <laughs> the Father clarified it to me. Whatever he does, he's going to move. I've already seen the signs. So I said two years ago, he put on my heart his children. <laughs> and I didn't know how to do it or approach it other than praying and I had a lady pray over me that I would bring joy that I carried what was needed I haven't seen that lady since the coronavirus and that was nearly two and a, half, a year and a half ago and I've been to church after church after church after church up until impact. And I've impact is the longest I've stayed. And now here I am. I'm part of their training members. 
I still haven't figured out why, because I was going to move on. But the Father made it very clear. He has a purpose for me and a purpose for them. And Papa's very clear when he makes a statement, you're to obey it. No more running. No more pulling out because of what others think. <laughs> signs are the signs that he's been given me. It's only the beginning. Yes, he's coming. He clarified that. No one knows neither the day nor the hour. Only the Father himself. But I will say. For the first time. <laughs> to hear the words that Jonathan quoted. That. The Jews. Or should I say Hebrews. And Gentiles are one family. <laughs> has a stark contrast to what David quoted. And we will talk about that in a few minutes. I need a little bit of time and I'll be back in a few. Oh, hello everybody. Um, as I said, I gave my Hebrew name earlier. I cut a little bit short because I was over the 15 minute limit. I try to keep everything right around an hour. Um, how do I bring this out? That May, the Sunday morning of Pentecost. Pentecost, when you think about the Jewish calendar, it's from sundown to sundown. So that morning, I go to church. And I have my Hebrew kippah on and my Jewish kippah, my Jewish... Because I was under training at the time for rabbinical. Because I was mainly using it as an excuse to get a student loan. Or actually a scholarship that I had that I was using and it required me to wear what I was. Um, so I was doing my studies for that through the university. I said I'm beforehand I had been studying medical and I'm still doing that but I've kind of put it on the back border because of my mom's health. That May on the 20th I proceeded, I was in the car listening to music and praying. I had read the Bible and did prayer before I left home. I said the same prayer one more time to the Father. And in his son's name, I used the English term, not the Hebrew term. And I had known my heritage for a long time. I mean, you know, it wasn't any shocker what my family lineage was, I just hit it on the back burner and didn't accept it. So, I had been singing a little bit of Hebrew, learning basic Hebrew, you know. And I sang this one song, How Great Is God, in Hebrew. I was asked to, so I sung the song. And we had a special guest at this particular time come in, which was a brother of the pastor that was preaching at the church that moved on one. And he was talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Now, I have done since then a whole series on the fruits of the Spirit, and I plan to do it again after 
Sahut. I might do it for a Sahut series for one week. And he was talking about each one, and he mentioned faith. And we did some more singing. It was like a revival-type setting. And I started feeling this overwhelming surge of oil or water on me, like a cool sensation. And it was throughout the session that I was there. And <laughs> it was strange to feel. By the time the service was over, we hadn't quite got to prayer yet. And I had this overwhelming, burning sensation around my heart and around my mind's front section. And it was so overwhelming, I had never felt anything like it. It was just like fire traveling in me. The only thing I could do was go up front and pray. I thought it was for someone else in the church. I didn't know he wanted me to pray for myself. And so I prayed for this woman and it lifted. And then I want, went on a frantic search trying to find out what this was that I felt. Now, I had had nuances of the Father speaking to me, but not feel. It's hard to explain. I come to learn since then that it was the Holy Spirit and the Father both together. That's what he explained to me. And that was just the first beginning. So it went on for a whole year. Well, this come, this went. I went from church to church to church again, trying to get an explanation, asking pastors. They couldn't give you an explanation. They told me it was just an emotion, this and that and the other. And I would explain it to them what it was like. Come to find out, I come to one conclusion. The church has not really ever experienced a spiritual awakening before. Um, they wouldn't begin to know. They'll criticize it. But they don't really know what it's about. I sure do. Because I'm in a church that knows it. Um, so I went almost that May. I went May, June, July of 2018. August of 2018. Um, all the way through to... My mom going back into the hospital again a second time in January of the following year with the same issue. She had infection of her kidneys and she was in there for two weeks. The entire time has been a battle trying to keep her out of the hospital because of her kidneys. Well, she ends up in renal failure and it's been that way now for about a year. She does dialysis and it bothers me. But that's beside the point. I went all the way up until May of 2019. And I decided out of the blue to go to a local church again. There had been a church there that I had went to two weeks before that. It went out. Never figured out why. Uh, C3 went out. And the father had started dealing with me then. I wasn't really, per se, 
really intimate with anybody. I kind of pulled away from people. I stayed to myself. I still do. So I decided this one Sunday hmm, to attend this church, Impact, that had moved into C3's building. That's where I met David and the others. They've not done too much growing. I mean, online, yes, but having people come in, not too many. So I set my books down. I had my kippa and other things on. I wanted to look nice, so I wore nice clothes that day. And I had this gentleman walk over and welcome me. Okay, he says, you're Jewish. What are you here for? Rick has a way of lightening the matter. He says, oh, you're a believer. I had told him, you know, I believed in Jesus. Now, prior to all this, I had this gentleman at this other church hit me in the head. And then everything took its course. He done something in between the eyes. I Still haven't figured that out, but the father said it was him anointing me to hear him. And I go, okay, you know, it's nice here. It's quiet. They know what they're teaching. And I was invited the next Sunday. Well, I come back, which is not normally my go-getter. By then, I was... Uh, in my second year of my training to become a rabbi and they got a little more intimate that's when i found out they had prayed for a jewish believer to come in and they asked me what i was i says well i'm a rabbi and i just come to visit you know see what you're all about and then i'll be on my way well they asked me to come back the next sunday after that and rick made it clear he says, we prayed for you to come here. You prayed for me to come here? He says, nobody's ever said that before. Yes, we prayed to see a, a fellow believer. Okay, whatever, you know, I kind of shrugged it off. And I went into May and June, nothing. July, nothing. August comes around and I had I had went to their orientation for their first pastors David being an associate best uh, bishop at the time and I went through the whole by this time the father started putting on my heart to start my own ministry And I had been dealing with it for a while, how I was going to approach it, because I didn't have the time nor the place to do so because of school. So I decided to move my schooling <coughs> online at home prior to the whole pandemic. I was in the process of setting it up. Sorry about the coughing. My mouth's dry. And I had proceeded, you know, there was a sign here and a sign here and a sign here, and they sit down and talk to me. This was before their their associate pastor come in. 
before Timo and the others, a original group. Since then, the original group, you've had a lot of splits and whatever in the group. David's tried to keep it together. and Well, August comes in. And I started exploring, you know, the concept of who I felt. And I started having these, it started with one time in August, I felt this presence. Now, it wasn't like before, like a firestorm. It was very soft. But I didn't hear anything. It was just a, just a flutter. So I started researching and reading books on the Holy Spirit or the Ruach, Kadesh. And I was learning. Then on September, I'll give you the exact date here. I'll go back to that time. September of 2019. It's kind of hard to do on my phone. The first week in September on a Thursday. Actually, it was a it was a Sunday the first. Um, I was getting ready for my mom's. They had been praying for my mother and my husband for some time because I asked if they would. I got intimately involved with the church. I mean, I had had, you know, certain things lead up, and and once every while I'd feel this little stirring, but it wasn't like anything big. And then all of a sudden, September the 1st, come. Okay, well, that Monday, I went to services that Sunday on the 1st. And then that Monday, which was the 2nd, we was getting ready for my mom to go into home hemo. And I was starting the training. Now, prior to this in August, I had a, I have a little nerdy side to me you might say. And this nerdy side, I like to write. I'm a writer. I love to scribble and draw. So this night, I sit down and I wrote about a three-page nuance. Um, and I'm going to read it the second half. And I had shoved it aside from my book. And I'm taking you through the whole process of what I've been through. And I had wrote it and shoved this book aside in August, and it sat for 30 days to the 1st, because it was from 1st to 1st. It was wrote August the 1st, and it sat till September. And... The second I was sitting on the bed and something out of the blue just told me to open the book up. So I'm going to stop here and I'm going to get that book and we're going to start our third session going through my whole progression of where I'm at now and why I'm talking about what I'm talking about tonight. It's very important. We've come out of atonement. We're going into Sukkot. I want you to see how the Father works. So I'll be right back.
All right. Hello, you guys. I had to break away for a few minutes. I was extremely emotional. I still am. I'm not normally somebody that breaks in tears. Now, I was discussing with you guys about certain issues. Give me a minute here. Now, I'm not going to read out my book because I'm keeping private matters between me and the Father private. But as I said, he has been the last few days showing me signs. <sighs> Actually, the last month or so of his plans. When this all started with me, um, he's very amped about communication. I've not shown church members. I've not shown anybody my private in it, private messaging between me and the father and how he communicates and i'm not going to um even though they asked the father told me to remain silent now i said there's been signs um <laughs> many um one started with david david amos the bishop he was unaware of it at the time that he wrote on my phone and I'm going to bring it up here I'm not ha I don't usually have many conversations with people um but I'm going to go back to the beginning of our conversations several conversations and he does like to talk. Um, um, I've been attending many of the meetings. Um, I normally don't go to certain things. Um, but I made a comment, and my Facebook is going like off the charts right now. Um, Um, and it started off with a comment I made online. Um, and the comment was simply at the time, and it was back in early May, maybe even April. I had been struggling with my ministry and some decisions that had to be made with me and the father. It's been that way for a little over a year since I started. I started last August and went from August. We went through that year and it marked a milestone for me in May. I had been with the congregation for nearly a year. 
nobody realized it really. Um, about the same time, nearly a year and a half ago, I decided to stay with Impact Church locally. So I become a member. And I've attended every function they've had up until the corona. They know my situation with the father and what led to this point. I don't discuss a lot of things, but I make it an, a night of it tonight. I'm coming clean with my viewers. Um, I started just shortly after Easter of 20, 2019. It was May. We went from May to May was one year, and we were in lockdown. The father was dealing with me before then. I didn't say anything about that. Nearly six months prior to that, I had an incident at another church. Um, I would say probably the May of the following year in 2018, maybe even 2017. Um, I had been following certain things that people missed that's now coming out. This particular time, I prayed to the Father to come in my life. No, not salvation. He had been out of my life for some time because I had rolled him out. I didn't want nothing to do with him, and I went into the world, you know, and he got a hold of me, and, well, one thing leads to another, you know. I was, some call it backsliding, I just call it defiance, disappointments, rage, um, and I wasn't always that way. I was angry that my children were took away, my father was took away, my brother was took away. I was angry that I was married to a man that was, I thought at the time, a lunatic um, because he was unsaved. I was mad at myself and mad at the Father for letting me make what I thought were mistakes. So I turned to the world to find peace for my pain. I was mad at the world because I was in the world and I shouldn't have been in the world. I should have been dead. That's what I thought because I felt dead. I... I'm not going to be proud of the things I've done or the things I've said. Um, I've had all kinds of spiritual coincidences happen, which weren't coincidences. They were real. Um, throughout the entire three-year period, I prayed this one night with a man called Diego. Now, I'm not, I've had intentions of writing, but the father told me not to. He was talking about inviting the Father into your life again if you're saved. And it convicted me. So I fell on my knees. I was desperate. I wanted to hear from the Father again. I wanted his love again. I wanted all the things that any child would want. Because I felt orphaned and he's touching me again. He knows I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> he does that a lot. Anyway, um... I 
how do I take this? It's hard for me to discuss. Try to cram pack three sessions into one night. It's not easy. I prayed that night on a Saturday, which typically Friday into Saturday is Shabbat. Now, I knew nothing. I'm Jewish, but I wasn't raised in a Jewish home. I was raised in a Christian church. So I was taking it from the perspective of Christianity. So I did what any good believer would do that has walked away from the Father and come back to the Father. I prayed the night before Pentecost. It was actually uh, the New Year of the Trees after that. Um, but it was on Pentecost of 2018 in May. And I prayed the night before. That Sunday, about that time, we was going into sundown and sundown for, for Pentecost. And I prayed. And I said, Father, if you hear me in your son's name, I need you right now. I want you in my life. I want my papa back. <laughs> I had a physical salvation, but I never knew the father. I never knew the presence. You can be saved, no doubt, and never actually get to know the person that's behind that salvation. Remember, I think with an analytical mind, so I'm a typical Jew that was thinking with an analytical mind, but at the same time, I, would, I have a Christian mindset of what the Father was. I thought he was way out there in their teachings. They teach that he's way out there. He has nothing to do with his children. Only you can only see the Father through Christ, and that's as far as you get type scenario. Well, I prayed that night for nearly two hours in tears. Nothing happened. I didn't think anything would happen. No. In 2015-2016, my husband was saved. My brother did something to my mom. She had me kick him out. 2017 comes, 2017 goes. We are still over at the place. I'm still working it here, you know. And then we move in October of 2017 after the sign in the heavens into my mom's home. We were here up until May. We had been here a year. In that time... I ended up getting a third dog, you know, because my dog was getting sick and whatever and, and rescuing this little puppy. And he ended up taking place of a dog that I lost, you know, and dealing with that and still mourning my baby's death and just not wanting anything to do with anybody and just feeling disgustingly, deprivingly after the miscarriages. I felt this way all my life like a tomb. Which is pride 
in itself. And there goes the father again. <laughs> and he... I didn't hear anything. He was very silent. And I hadn't had a relationship with him in a very long time since I was 21. I walked away from reading the Bible, but I prayed. My spirituality was like a dead candle with no flame at that point. I had hit rock bottom. My mother's sick. My husband can't get me pregnant anymore. I want a baby, but yet I'm sterile. And he threw every sign up in the book at me in promises. And I mean, <laughs> right there in front of me, and I adored him. He wants to give me a child. Yes, and I accept that. I can wait. That's no problem on his account. He threw a pregnant woman up in me. He called out in music. He's called with a voice, an audible voice. He has an audible voice within. And I ignored him defiantly. Here I am, I believe. And I didn't want anything to do with him. <laughs> Hmm. Sounds funny when you think about it. So I went for more than three quarters of my marriage. And then after that, he started communicating again. He was quiet for a while and then started communicating and hollering and calling and whatever. And I still ignored it. He threw baby carriages at me, uh, baby seats at me uh he threw pregnant women at me baby clothes at me on the floor would fall down okay um child's toys would fall down um men holding their daughters men women holding their sons um that kind of stuff and every time it would happen i'd hear him call my name my english name now, I have since studied Hebrew and took up my Hebrew name. My full name is Ya'aloma Hadassah Machaya, or I just use Ya'aloma Sachar. Sachar is Aramaic for dawn. My first name is Kimberly, and my Hebrew name is Ya'aloma. Aloma means dove, God's dove, or God's diamond. Light. When you put it together, Mahaya is one like God. So my whole name is what I pronounce. This is very hard, and I'm going to cut a little bit, and we'll get back to it. It's going to be three sections.